This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. You know, sometimes when I'm working, I don't have a lot of time to eat or even sit down. But sometimes you just got to have something in your stomach. Otherwise, you're just going to have a rough afternoon. That's why I keep a raw rev nutrition bar in my backpack at all times. That way, if I just need something quick to put in my stomach, I just grab it in my bag. I eat it. It's good for you. It has high-quality plant-based proteins, no soy or whey proteins. Uh, They're nutrition and diet-conscious ingredients, healthy proteins, fats, and fiber, nothing artificial. And they've got a lot of these great flavors uh, like creamy peanut butter and sea salt, peanut butter dark chocolate and sea salt, double chocolate brownie batter, and birthday cake, and tons of other flavors. Go check them out, www.rawrev.com. Use Hey Bartender at checkout to get 5% off your entire order. Go to www.rawrev.com and don't forget to use promo code Hey Bartender. Now, Laura Hope in the Arctones, would you please help me get this started? Welcome back to the Hey Bartender Podcast, people. I am your bartender for the evening. I am the dude, but you can call me Anthony. I'm completely cool with that. How's everybody doing tonight? Things are uh, just, you know, things seem pretty mellow out there in society nowadays. (laughs) All right. Yeah, uh, TikTok gives me a notification that they are just celebrating their one billionth user. How many people got uh, canceled on that site before they reached one billion? Or how many people are they letting go right now just because they wanted to be able to say they reached one billion? Am I right? But let's not talk about TikTok because they get enough. Well, uh, we'll talk about more about TikTok a little bit later. But uh, as usual with every show, I got to start with the drink special. You know, just. That's the thing I do. I start the show off with the drink special. This week's drink, I have swiped off a TikTok from user at Bar Daddy. She calls this a watermelon shrub cocktail. Actually, she says at the end of the video that she doesn't have a name for it. So uh, let's go over the ingredients here. You need one ounce of blue coat gin, a half ounce of Midori, three pickled watermelon rinds, and a little bit of rind juice. Now, what you do to make this is you pour all those ingredients into your shaker, muddle it, shake the shit out of it, pour it into a bucket, and top it off with soda water. Garnish with a pickled watermelon rind. She says at the end of the video that she, uh, or she asks at the end of the video, what should she name it? So uh, you people go out there, you try it, and get onto her TikTok because she's a very good bartender and she has a lot of great drink ideas. And I'm trying to kiss her butt to be on my show. So if you know her, please talk her into it. Um, you know, uh, try it out and let her know. Get on to TikTok and look up at Bar Daddy, and she'll uh, and give her your suggestions on what to name the drink. And she's an awesome bartender. Go check her out. This last week, I started thinking about uh, a whole bunch of stuff of uh, things that happened into the bar, and I got stuck on thinking about tips that I used to receive. And, you know, we, that's our bread and butter pretty much when we're working in the restaurant industry is our tip money. It's uh, what makes us feel good, what makes us feel like we'd had a hard night's work. 
uh, and actually it makes me, made me feel like that the night wasn't that bad if I was able to get over a certain amount. It, usually as long as I cleared a hundred dollars in tips in a night, which wasn't that hard for a 10, 12 hour shift, whatever I used to work. Um, actually it was a 10 hour shift if you count, uh, all the closing stuff, but, uh, it's, yeah, if I cleared a hundred dollars, it was a good night. Anything lower than that, and then I sat there and go, "What the hell did I do all night?" It. I mean, when I first started bartending, yeah, I was a banquet bartender. You didn't make a lot of money tip wise doing a banquet bartend, but sometimes people were uh, really generous because uh, a lot of the times when you were a banquet bartender, some it was an open bar, and so these people they. They weren't taking out their wallets. They weren't using money, and so they didn't really feel the need to tip. And at the end of the banquet, the gratuity was added on to their bill, so you had to split the whatever the gratuity was for the entire banquet with all the servers, which, you know, at looking back on it now, seems fair. But the thing about it was when you split the gratuity, they added it on to your next check, and you got taxed for it. So most of the time, you didn't even see that gratuity. But luckily for me, as I was standing at the bar, some of the nights they weren't open bar and people would come up and then they'd pay for their drink. I had my own till. And in fact, this is this is a funny story. Uh, something for you uh, people that run your own registers and don't carry around a book or something like that. Uh, this was an interesting story when I was banquet bartending. The I was setting up for a banquet one night. And all of a sudden, I realized I had everything set up, and I realized I don't have any sour mix. I need sour mix. And uh, there was nobody in the banquet room. Nobody was supposed to be in there for at least another hour. And I had my till already uh, because I had to go down to the hotel and get some singles, some fives, and a roll of quarters. And so I just ran out of the banquet room and... Uh, I uh, went to the liquor storage, got my bottle of sweet and sour, and I ran back, and my money was gone. And I I immediately went into panic mode going, oh, fuck, now what? And I find out that the assistant manager of the bar, of the restaurant, uh, well, pretty much the whole hotel, she went in there, saw I wasn't there, and took the money out of my register. She just took it just to put me in panic mode. And then when I finally saw her and she had my money in her hand, she said, next time I find money lying around like this, I'm keeping it. And I said, then I'll have you, uh, I'll have you fired for stealing from the company. And I walked away from her. Nothing was ever said ever again about it. And I, you know, even at that time I told her, I thought to myself, that was ballsy. I don't even know who that woman was found out later. But she went for me to just all of a sudden blurt out, I'm going to have you uh, fired for stealing from the company. That was pretty ballsy of me. Of course, uh, I say stupid things all the time. But when you're banquet bartending, you're only bartending for maybe a few hours, maybe uh, four hours, maybe five. And you don't make a ton of money because usually at some point during the banquet, there's a big meeting or something going on. The biggest tip night I got during a banquet was when they were holding a New Year's Eve party, and uh, I had customers coming up to me all night long. I was 
just slinging drinks like a madman. And this, me for being a green bartender, that was a big deal for me. But the like I said, the party only lasted from 8 o'clock till midnight. And as soon as the clock struck midnight, everybody started picking up their shit and heading home. I made no more money after that. So in four hours, I basically made about $25 an hour in tips, which is good, which is awesome. Do not get me wrong. Was not complaining at that point in time. In fact, I went uh, home that night after we broke down all the tables. We took down the uh, fake wall. We After we uh, did all the cleanup work, uh, I went back and I uh, celebrated the fact that I made that money with my girlfriend at the time. And immediately uh, the suggestion to go out on a nice date uh, came up because I owed her one. I missed New Year's Eve. I had to work. You know, I can understand that. Which is bartenders and mostly bartenders and some servers. We all have to work New Year's Eve and we all have to skip out on the big parties. Some people think that we are at a party just because we're working at a party. But the key word is we're working at that party. And New Year's Eve was always big money night. Big, big money night, and you if you are the bartender that is going to be on shift that night, you cannot miss that because you are about to make bank that night. But then, you know, like I've told you guys before, I moved on to work at uh, real bars. No banquets. It was working at an actual bar. And then it became uh, me making money. I, uh, I had all sorts of things in my head that I had to do to in order to make those tips. I thought I had to be entertaining and I thought I had to make jokes all the time. And it got to the point where it was actually a little bit nerve wracking for me. It's like, what if I can't be funny tonight? What if I uh, say something wrong, something stupid or tell a joke that could offend somebody? And, or if I get too caught up in my work and some people get mad that I didn't give them enough attention, it get, got really stressful, but a lot of people fairly understood what was going on. Now, it, uh, getting the tips, it became kind of a strategy, and I learned this as I went from other bartenders. Uh, started paying attention to the way some of my customers would tip. Now, uh, there were some cases where there were customers that came into the bar that would tip per drink. So at that, uh, at that point in time for uh, domestic beer, it cost two and a quarter. Some people would just uh, uh, give you five dollars, give you the three, uh, give you the seventy-five cents, or give you a dollar. They tip you each drink that they drink. But then there's some people that open up a tab, and they'll tip you off the tab. But some of the customers, uh, it was brought to my attention, they tip better if they don't start a tab, and so it became a game. For me, never worked because uh, people pay their bills the way that they want to pay their bills. But it became a game for me that uh, to like there was this one guy would come in. He would ultimately tip me better because he would uh, when he would pay drink for drink because I'd get a dollar for every drink that he I served him. But if he used his uh, card, he would buy himself his drinks. He would buy his girlfriend drinks and maybe one or two drinks on his tab for a friend of his. And no matter what the grand total of that uh, bill was, the tip was always $5. So, you know, he could run up a, 
uh, $50 tab, $5, $60 tab, $5. Sometimes it worked out good. He'd have run up a $30 tab and tip you $5. You know, it, it was a crapshoot. But it, for me, making tips when I was working in that town, it was a little bit tough for me at first. One, because of my personality. Uh, I, I was surrounded by a whole bunch of people I didn't know, so I was a little standoffish. Uh, I didn't say a whole lot at first. But it was also kind of a give-and-take type of situation because everybody that came into my bar went to grade school together, went to high school together, played football together, uh, you know, and they, they'd been, ha- they all hung out forever, all their lives. And then all of a sudden they see this stranger behind the bar that they've never seen before. So they don't know me. They don't trust me. And, uh, yes, it, I do believe actually it does affect things tip wise. So I had to break out of my shell as fast as I could, which wasn't fast at all. I, you know, cause typically I'm, I'm pretty shy around new people. And uh, so I had to break out of my shell, force myself out of my comfort zone to get to be friends with these people, try to win their approval, which actually took a very, very long time. In fact, I'm not ever sure if I ever fully won their approval. I mean, sure, there were a few customers here and there that learned that I'm not a bad guy, even though I might have insulted you. They understood that I was joking and or I would sit down and have a nice conversation with them when it was slow. And some of those people, when it was slow, that was the time for me to actually really shine and have a conversation one-on-one with a customer. And that's how I got to know the customers is because, uh, I, well, you know, it, my, I had a server that at one time she couldn't understand. I'd been working for this particular bar for about six months and my friend Shannon and I, we developed a team aspect. She and I worked together. We were a great team. And uh, I rode her coattails. She helped me get to know some of the people. And uh, I rode her coattails in order to get people to trust me. But I did have one server that could not understand that Shannon and I, we actually worked. She worked... Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and, oh, or was it, yeah, I think it, I think it was Wednesday, Thursday, f- Friday. I worked uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. No, Shannon worked Tuesday through Friday, and I worked uh, Wednesday through, Wednesday through Sunday, and uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays were half days, but I worked five days a week, she worked uh, four days a week and it uh it she really helped me out when it comes to getting the tips but we did have this one server the only nights she worked were friday and saturday that's it actually fridays i worked half days too but she, the only nights she worked was friday and saturday and i think she just picked those days because she thought those were the big money days when things started to straighten out around the bar uh she like there were bartenders behind the bar she would spend most of her time as a server behind the bar taking orders but when shannon and i were working together it was um uh she needed to be on the floor now servers i want you to understand something like uh, about this she worked from five 
till close. On Fridays, I worked from 9 to close. We closed at 1 o'clock. All of us usually got out of there by 2.30, 2 o'clock. And she couldn't understand why her sales were so low. And truth being told, Shannon and I actually had a long discussion about it, saying, I don't understand why your sales are so low either because um, my, my sales, my particular sales, outweighed hers, and I only worked, I was only serving between 9 and 1. She had been serving between 5 and 1, and between uh, 5 and 9, she was serving dinners. And... It, you know, and but by the time I got there, by the end of the night, I outsold her like crazy. Was it because I'm a good bartender? Well, let's not go that far. But the but the customers, she, the one thing that that server could never, ever, ever understand is that Shannon and I spent the whole week there, not just Fridays and Saturdays, the entire week developing a clientele, getting to know these people. And then one night, she uh, the server gets upset. Well, those people always used to come to me to get their drinks. Why are they going uh, to Anthony and Shannon? And uh, she just couldn't understand that the people act there. The things actually happened other times of the week when she wasn't there. And people got to know us, got to like us. She automatically assumed that we were talking shit about her and nobody wanted to go see her anymore. No, you know what? Uh, actually, nobody liked her, and because she was a rotten server, and people just got used to coming up to see Shannon and I up at the bar. It it was it was just like, well, every other day of the week, I have to walk up to the bar to see Anthony or to get a drink. I'll just walk up here now. It you know, just like any other day. But of course, that server took it really personally, and she assumed that we were talking shit behind her back. We didn't really have to, really, but. I've seen waitresses completely rule the floor and, you know, running around, picking up empties, getting new drink orders. In fact, it was uh, got to the point where I sit back and I think about it now where the customers should never have been able to get the opportunity to come up to the bar and get a drink. She should have been on top of that the whole time. But no, she would always socialize with the people. She would uh, stand behind the bar and smoke cigarettes. And, you know, part of me uh, just thinks uh, the reason why she was like that, because it was her only time to socialize. She was a home mom, uh, homebody. She took she stayed home, took care of her son while her husband was at work. And some of you people know what it's like to stay home with children under the age of three for hours and hours on, it, on end. You, you basically crave a real conversation and... That was basically her letting off all the steam that she built up during the week, uh, uh, treating her job as like it was being her, being a socialite. But then all of a sudden, she's starting to realize I'm not making as much money as I used to, and I'm uh, and Shannon and I were stealing customers, therefore stealing tips. No, it was all about customer service and what people were used to. But the interesting thing on how that business particularly ran is. All we had to do at the end of the night was take all the money except the change, put it in an envelope, and drop it into a safe. That's it. And we didn't have to do a countdown. We didn't have to make sure there was money in the till. That was supposedly all taken care of in the morning. But credit card tips. They ran the credit card report the next morning, and they gave us supposedly 
the money that was uh, all in our credit card uh, tips in an envelope in a mailbox. We, I had a couple servers where they did their countdown and they were told not to take out their credit cards and they would get the money the next day. So, uh, they, there were, there was one server that I worked with. She worked the lunch shift and she was one of those people that couldn't understand how we made money at night because it was so boring during the day. Yeah. She, she had no idea what kind of business we ran in, uh, at night. But uh, she said there were a couple times where she was pretty sure that uh, they shorted her on her uh, credit card receipts. In fact, she's tried it one time where she gave them a little bit extra in her drop and she didn't get paid. It. She didn't get that extra paid. She over uh, overdid her drop and they just took the money from her. And, you know, that's uh, not right. But as usual, the credit card receipts that you receive all that tip money is automatically thrown into your income. It's part of your uh it's part of what you get taxed at least back way back when. And so that's pretty much why most of us, you know, we never claimed any of our cash tips because we've pretty much figured you know, we uh there's enough money in credit card receipts that everything should be fine. But uh there was one night that I thought always thought was really funny. Now, Shannon, uh, she, uh, she's, and I've been good friends forever. I talk about her all the time. You guys know this. Uh, there used to be a game that we played behind the bar. We'd have people guess her age. People would, uh, uh, people would say, how old are you? And immediately I jump over and say, uh, let's place a bet. Uh, how much do you want to wager? that you cannot guess her age and because uh, Shannon looked uh, genuinely younger than she actually was. And so people would uh, always constantly say, how old are you? And I jump over and I say, bet you you can't, uh, uh, I'll wager anything you want that you can't guess her age. And one guy in a drunken stupor, he asked Shannon that and he uh, I said, how much do you want to bet? And he says, $100. And I said, it with extreme confidence, okay, how old do you think she is? And he was off by a lot. And to make sure we proved it, Shannon pulled out a picture of her family and her driver's license. And uh, he was just like, wow. And so I got a hundred dollar tip out of that. I, uh, you know what? I don't think I even split it with Shannon. That's not very fair. Huh? I'll make up. I'm sure I made it made up for it 20 years later in one way or another. But, uh, the next morning, I guess my boss freaked out because they, the guy paid his debt to me on the tip line, a hundred dollars uh, on the tip line. And she was like, what the hell? And, uh, Shannon quickly explained he, uh, the customer lost a bet with Anthony, so he paid it on his credit card. Didn't uh, didn't affect me that much, I don't think, uh, because my my paychecks, I just tend to think of uh, they just kind of went by the wayside, got put in the bank, and I usually forgot about it because I always had uh, pocket money when I went home. Now it wasn't like that with all the other bars. I mean, uh, that I worked at they, at the end of the night. You counted out your till. You made sure there was money left in the tills for the next shift. 
and you added up all of your credit card receipts and then you took that money out because uh automatically and then uh the business took care of everything else and that always seemed easier to me for some reason uh i I never had a problem with it, and it was, you know, more money that I could stick in my pocket on my way home. And it made it feel like a better night. And it's always a good feeling to have cash in your pocket. And because I haven't been a bartender for a long time, and it took me a long, long time to get used to the idea that I don't have cash in my pocket. I was still spending money as if I had money in my pocket. And it put me in outrageous debt, and uh, I couldn't control myself. I was buying something, and then I would, uh, you know, wait. You know, really, I would be waiting. Please, new next check come soon. And you know, I, it was, I was horrible at saving money. Horrible, horrible. Still not great at it, but I am maturing, ever so slightly. Okay, I own an Iron Man helmet and a Mandalorian helmet. But, you know, yeah, I'm immature for a 44-year-old. But sometimes it was fun. I mean, uh, going home with a big old wad of ones and uh, the looks that you get when you buy gas to fill up your gas tank and you pay it all in ones or uh, take all your quarters that you accumulated that night, stick it in your quarter jar. It was a good feeling. And, you know, you always had money no matter where where you went it was a great feeling but now that we're in the future the future technology has changed economy has changed currency has changed and i'm seeing a lot of different stuff happening that uh you know it's made the news a few times but uh you know let's talk about that in a minute Mint Mobile has reimagined the wireless shopping experience and made it way easier. There's no stores, no salespeople, no nonsense. Just a huge savings on the nation's largest, most reliable 5G network. With plans as low as $15 a month, you have unlimited talk, unlimited text, and you can find the perfect data plan that suits you. You can even bring your old phone if you're still used to it. Or if you want to get rid of your old phone and upgrade, Mint Mobile has a large selection of phones for you to choose from. Just follow the link for Mint Mobile in the description of this podcast. Check out the plans and the opportunities for you to save some money with your new wireless service. Go to mintmobile.com today. Hey, bartender. The future's coming, people. These times, they are a-changing. Now, going from restaurant to restaurant nowadays, I've been seeing a lot of restaurants use point-of-sale systems that are all electronic. Uh, they got the these uh, iPads, and they have the pictures of the product that they have. And when they hand, if you use a credit card to pay your bill, they spin the uh, screen at you, and it gives you an opportunity to choose uh, what percentage that you want to tip. It's either no tip, 10%, 20%, or 30%. Or in some cases, if your bill is under $10, it'll say uh, no tip, $1, $2, or $3. Now, in some situations, 
in like some of the smaller restaurants that I've been to, I'm pretty sure everybody pools their tips and that can be okay, but it kind of locks in your customer to thinking, okay, I have to pay this much or I'm going to tip exactly that much. Kind of takes me back to the day when I uh, was in high school and I had absolutely horrible service from this god-awful old man in the hotel restaurant. All we had was chocolate sundaes, and I looked at the bill and it had a gratuity added on to it automatically. And I thought, well, I was going to tip you a little bit more, but you, since you've already taken your tip out, out on the bill... Yeah, and you were a complete dick. I'm not going to tip you any extra. Now, that could be good for the whole store. I mean, the cook gets a little bit, the server gets a little bit, the bartender gets a little bit, and the manager probably takes a cut too. But uh, I've been reading up on various news articles about this new point-of-sale system that everybody's using, and some of the places are actually using that point-of-sale system to actually pay for the usage using the tips that are given to the employees, you uh, taking that to pay for the service. Now, the big question is, how do you receive that money? Uh, nobody, uh, nobody that I've talked to has really given me a straight answer just yet because I, I've asked this nice restaurant that uh, out where I live, I say, you got this nice point of sale system, uh, and it you don't put in an employee number, and they said, oh, we pool our tips here. And then I said, well, then how do you receive it? And, uh, and I've heard through research, I've, I've heard various different stories. Some people say that they've get, they get paid out at the end of the night, just like I used to with my credit card tips. Some people say they get it deposited straight into their bank account. And... My whole problem with that is, is, you know, a lot of us bartenders and servers, or at least when I was a bartender, I didn't have a bank account majority of the time. Like I said, I was shitty with money and I didn't really think much about having a bank account because I always had money in my pocket and it was always ready to spend, which was a big mistake on my part. But the whole thing was... Eventually, you know, you got to think about it. Most of these people don't have a bank account. I don't know many restaurants that have, uh, what, do, what do you call that, uh, direct deposit. And even if they do have direct deposit, some bartenders and servers are so afraid that their credit is so bad or they've got a bad reputation with some of the major banks in the area, they can't get a bank account. So how does direct deposit work for them then? And you know what? I don't really remember seeing a button. I mean, people, you'll probably be able to uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And maybe I'll do another podcast about it once I get more information about it. But on these point-of-sale systems, I don't see any custom tip button ever. So if you think the person did a better than 30% job and you're feeling ultra generous that day, you can't give them a $20 tip on a $20 tab, give them you know, a 100% tip just because they were fucking awesome. Some of these credit card receipts are pretty much stuck with these new point-of-sale systems. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying these point-of-sale systems are bad. They're very easy to use and incredibly convenient 
for you, the small mom and pop stores because, you know, keep track of all that stuff, your receipts, and, and, and it's all in one very convenient spot and easy to use for all your employees because I've worked with many, many, many employees that are incredibly intimidated by cash registers. Cash registers. They're always afraid they're going to hit the wrong button and screw everything up. Of course, there was a time, uh, the first real bar that I worked at, they had an electronic point-of-sale system with touchscreens. Pretty easy to use, You uh, and everything was neatly put in a menu, and you didn't really have to think about much. You just had to um, make sure, you know, okay, they ordered a Long Island iced tea, look for the Long Island iced tea button, boom. Okay, they ordered a double shot of Jaeger, hit the Jaeger button twice, boom, boom. And... Uh, then I moved on to other restaurants. Well, the Sherwood Peddler, uh, I'm sure they hadn't let the, uh, back when I worked there, they hadn't left the 70s. But uh, when I worked at the other uh, other bar after that, they started out, uh, when I started out, they had just regular registers. And there was a lot of stuff that you had to do at the end of the night and then print out the daily reports and uh, count down your till. But when he finally decided to upgrade and get the point-of-sale system, everything became easy. And majority of my employees weren't as, let's say, tech-savvy as I am. I'm not afraid of computers. I grew up with computers. I, I worked, uh, my, I watched my dad work on computers back in the 70s. So most of the time, I took it upon myself to help ease people into these new point of sale systems, especially the bartenders that have been in the business for such a long time that the, uh, using the register is all they knew. And, but when the computer system came up, it was just like, okay, all you have to do type in your code and then you type in the order, set up a tab here. And all you have to do is just go click, click, click. That's it. And then when they cash out, you push this button, push that button Either the register uh, drawer pops out, or you just slide your credit card receipt in the little slot down below. It's that easy, and uh, it. But that was when I had control of the money. Still, even with the point of sale system, uh, I counted down my own till at the end of the night. I made sure I got my tips that were coming to me. I made sure that everything, uh, the numbers on the receipt matched the. Uh, the money in the drop that I was about to do, the money was under my control and it made me feel comfortable. I think that's what I'm getting at is just the whole comfort level of being in control of where my tips go. Of course, in this day and age, everybody's paranoid about every damn thing. Of course, I want control of my money. I mean, I uh, even in my job right now, I make sure that my hours are in there and when I get my paycheck, I make sure I get paid every red cent for every second that I spend on my job. But traditional tipping, since not a lot of people carry cash anymore, it's all on debit cards, it's all on credit cards, uh, traditional tipping may be going the way of the dinosaur, you know, where people just have cash, flash some money around, and, you know, try to impress somebody by uh, flashing some money, throwing you some dollar-dollar bills, y'all, and I can't believe I just said that, huh? But it all may be going the way of the dinosaur. And with everything going fully electronic, all your tips are going to be reported. 
because it was an automatic report uh, to, of your credit card tips. So now that they're using an electronic point of sale system and the tips automatically get put on the screen, your tips might go down a little bit just because of they're giving an option, an easy option, 10, 20 percent or no. And, uh, and then some of you servers out there might get a little stuck because, you know, uh, of you have to tip out your cooks, you have to tip, tip out your bus or you have to tip out your hostess or host. And, you know, so things are going to get a little bit screwy and it's going to get a little bit harder and harder to depend on tips for your income. Which is why you know, they really, really, really need to work on. I mean, I've I've heard uh, the president only talk about that he wants to raise the minimum wage to something livable. Now, the reason why the minimum wage is the minimum wage is that's how much they believe it costs somebody to live in this day and age. It takes an act of Congress for it to even move up fifty cents. And to get them to move uh, move it up to, I don't even know what the federal minimum wage is right now. Okay, the federal, I just looked it up. Uh, the federal minimum wage is seven fifty an hour. But it also depends on which state you work on. So it can any, be anywhere between $7.25 to $14 an hour. Some what, There is a state out there somewhere that pays $16 an hour uh, for the state minimum wage. And it has to be the higher of the two. But there have been many, many, many people who have proven dozens of times that we can't live on minimum wage. It's not going to happen. And, of course, there, the laws of economics and the supply and demand and, uh, you know, just they realize the people have the money so that uh, products and services, the prices go up. And it, it gets to be a huge headache. And then all of a sudden... Uh, what was it? The president wants to raise the the federal minimum wage to fifteen dollars an hour, and you know I just picture all of a sudden the price of milk going up to eight dollars a gallon. And for those of you who are I just offended because you're lactose intolerant, it's uh, pick pick anything. Price uh, I just picture the prices going up. Now I'm not sitting here to cause paranoia. I'm not sitting here to bring up conspiracy. I'm a bartender. I don't do that. I don't want to encourage conspiracy but i do worry because uh, a lot of you guys don't get paid even the federal minimum wage or even the state minimum wage and you know some of you depend solely on your tips in order to uh, make uh, get through day to day and that's unfair and it's stupid and it would encourage some of these businesses to Say, well, this person got tipped uh, this much in a night and they only worked this amount of hours. So technically they made $28 an hour. And so I don't need to pay them a, a minimum wage because I can already report to the government that they're making $28 an hour. But it's not it's not a consistent $28 an hour uh, that they're thinking of. They're basing that off one of your better weeks or you know something to that effect. And the use of the point of sale system to where people are only using electronic money, and it it's just going to uh, make it look 
give the illusion that you're making actually money more money that day than you are actually do. I mean, uh, sure, you may may have been able to average twenty eight dollars an hour in tips on Tuesday, but for some reason there was something that happened where nobody came into your bar or restaurant on Wednesday, and then your average goes down to seven, and that can hurt. Now, that's something that I would like to discourage people from working in places like that where you don't make an uh, hourly wage, you make tips. That's it. No, you can't live on tips alone. And uh, I don't think anybody should. And if you do work at a bar like that, sure, if you can consistently, consistently make your rent every month and still be able to buy food, still be able to get gas and not have to worry about, uh, you know, how am I going to get, uh, how am I going to pay for food? How am I going to pay for gas and live a decent lifestyle? You know, maybe you can get rid of a few of the amenities. Uh, of course, nowadays, none of us can live without internet. Uh, and, you know, kind of thank God for that because otherwise nobody would listen to this podcast. Uh, but cable TV, do we really need that anymore? I mean, shoot, uh, there, you know, you get 250 channels and uh, there's really nothing on. And you, you, what if you're a person like me, where all I care about is uh, like the music stations. And in order to get the good music stations, you have to subscribe to ESPN Sports Package. But I don't want ESPN. I don't watch sports. Uh, all I want is just the music channels and the good music channels, not MTV. Fuck them. But you got to be able to live comfortably. You, if something should go wrong, you shouldn't have to pick up eight more shifts just to repair your shower, repair your toilet. You got to be able to uh, have some money set aside, or and, and not have to starve for a week in order to get it repaired. That's all I'm saying. Of course, some of you are, uh, might be thinking, "Well, just start a savings account." Yeah, you can do that too. I uh, I completely understand that. Anyway, if you have any more information on this sort of thing, please email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com. Uh, I would like to know more. In fact, invite somebody on the show who knows more about these new point-of-sale systems and how the tipping situation works now that they're using that. So uh, email me, message me on any of the uh, social medias at heybartenderpodcast. Uh, that that's on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, And, you know, I invite you to come on the show to talk about it, or just give me a detailed explanation if you're not comfortable with being on the show. With that said, uh, not sure that I had uh, a lot of really good information to give you guys about this whole new point of sale system and the tipping situation of the future. But anyway, it is last call. Last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar because that's where the whiskey is. And you you're all the way over there. The whiskey's up here. You know, and you know there's a distance problem. A couple things that I want to talk about before we uh, get out of here. Uh, if you're not following me on TikTok at Hey Bartender Podcast, follow me during the month of October. I will be posting videos of some of the most haunted bars in the United States. I've already posted one by the time this podcast gets posted. There'll probably be two of them. Uh, but every day during the month of October, I will talk about 
a new story of a haunted bar somewhere in the United States. It's a lot of fun. And if you're into the whole haunted Halloween thing and you're looking for a bar that might be haunted to go check out on Halloween night, go get on my TikTok. I'll be telling you about them all through the month of October. And remember, if you actually have experienced paranormal activity in the bar that you work at, please share your story with me. You can either DM me on any of the social medias or you can email me. I would love to hear these stories. And if you want to come on to the podcast and talk about it during the month of October, I would love to have you because haunted bar stories are always awesome. Don't forget to visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com where you can go pick up some Hey Bartender Podcast swag, catch up on old episodes, that sort of thing. Uh, If you want to contact me, it is so easy. All you have to do is either email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com or just drop me a, a message on any of the social medias. You can message me on Instagram at heybartenderpodcast, Facebook at heybartenderpodcast, or TikTok at Hey Bartender Podcast. Remember to check out the links for Mint Mobile and Raw Rev Energy Bars at the description of this podcast. I also have to thank Laura Hope and the Arctones for doing the intro music to this show. And I'm Anthony. I am the host. I am the editor. I am the king dingling of Hey Bartender Podcast. I do everything. So take that, all you people that have actual producers and distributors and social media people and yeah, I do it myself. So, but until next time, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to wish you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here.